Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Friends, our Holy Week has begun. We in the Latin Church, we refer to these days between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, we refer to these days as Holy Week, but our Eastern Rite brothers and sisters, they refer to these days as the Week of the Bridegroom, which personally, I like a lot better, but no one asked me. (laughs) The Week of the Bridegroom. Jesus, this is who he is. He identifies as the bridegroom over and over and over again. This is the deepest identity that he takes to himself. I am the one who has come to wed humanity to divinity. That's who I am. When he was finally pressed to describe what heaven is like, he says it's like a wedding feast where the king threw a a wedding feast for his son and invited everyone to the feast. Right? This is Jesus. This is who he is. He is the bridegroom. He is the bridegroom who has come to wed heaven and earth. There are such mystical depths to these days that we are entering into. But often, just like the crowds, we look but we do not see, as Jesus says. So I want to just dip our toe into these mystical depths this morning because this is what the church is is inviting us to, to look at. This is what the church is unfolding with the scriptures especially with this gospel that we just had. What is taking place in these days is the nuptial mystery. Christ the bridegroom giving himself up on the bridal bed of the cross, handing himself over for our sake. The story that we just heard in the gospel, it appears actually in all four gospels, which tells you that this is something very significant because there's not a lot of things that appear in all four gospels. There must be a great significance to this anointing. So, kind of piecing together these different anointing scenes, we hear this, that six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. While he was reclining at the table, a woman approached him with an alabaster jar of costly, genuine nard. She broke the jar and poured it over his head. That's how Mark puts it in his gospel, his head. In pouring this perfumed oil upon my body, she did it to prepare me for my burial. Amen, I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be spoken of in memory of of her. And it's Judas, of course, who says that this is ridiculous. This should have been sold and given to the poor, the money. Something practical should have been done with it. Mind you, it's always the spirit of Judas who in the church says we should do things practically or efficiently, pragmatically. The movement of the actual disciple, the lover whom Jesus praises, is the movement of prodigality. That's an aside. Okay, so we hear this, that she pours nard all over Jesus' body. Mark says his head, John says the feet. I kind of like the head version better. doesn't really matter. It's over his whole body. What is nard? Nard is a gloriously fragrant, pungently fragrant perfume And this woman here pours a liter, a liter of this perfumed oil over his head and body. Now think about that. That oftentimes colognes or expensive fragrances, they are sold not by the liter, they're sold by the ounce. 
I just did a little quick Google search the other day, and look, there's a, there's a fragrance called Clive Christian Original, collection number one. I don't wear this cologne, okay? But a 50 milliliter bottle of this sells for $2,000, 50 milliliters. And this woman pours a liter of this perfume over Jesus's body. And he says in pouring this, she did it to prepare me for my burial. And wherever the gospel is proclaimed, what she has done for me will be spoken of in memory of her. Again, this has got to be important. So where does nard come from? Nard is a, it comes from a very rare flower that grows in the Himalayas. And therefore, it's very expensive because it's very rare and very difficult to obtain. Biblically speaking, nard appears outside of these sections of the gospel. Nard appears in one other book in the Bible. And it's the Song of Songs. The Song of Songs, which you've heard me, sp- which you've heard me preach on before. In the Song of Songs, which is that book in the very center of the Bible, nard is the fragrance of the bride. Specifically, it's the fragrance of the bride opening her heart and her body to the bridegroom. It's the fragrance of the bride's openness. While the king was upon his couch, this is Song of Songs 112, while the king was upon his couch, my nard gave forth its fragrance. Where the bridegroom says, you are a garden enclosed, my sister, my bride, with fruits of choicest yield, henna with nard, nard and saffron, sweet cane and cinnamon. Right there, at that center point of the Song of Songs, this is Song of Songs 4, verse 12 through 14, there's this repetition of that word nard, henna with nard, comma, nard and saffron, sweet cane and cinnamon, this couplet of nard that's in the very center of the Bible. Now, this is fascinating. It was Mikhail Waldstein, who was the translator of John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Mikhail Waldstein was the one who pointed out that the Song of Songs is effectively the center of the Bible. And the center of the Song of Songs is this repetition, this couplet of nard, nard, which he pointed out and said that you can conclude, therefore, that nard is the end of the first half of the Bible, and nard is the beginning of the second half of the Bible. This is so significant. This is so significant. Why? Because the entire Bible is trying to communicate the love story, the nuptial relationship between heaven and earth, that the entire story is this spousal relationship that God, in the beginning in Genesis, establishes humanity through a great marriage feast, that the Bible begins with the marriage of Adam and Eve in an earthly paradise. The Bible ends with the marriage of Christ the Lamb and the church in the heavenly paradise. And right there in the middle of the Bible is the Song of Songs, which is this love poetry that expresses the longing of bridegroom and bride. And Pope Benedict, you've heard me say this before, Pope Benedict said the Song of Songs ultimately describes God's relation to man and man's relation to God. Thus, the Song of Songs became an expression of the essence of biblical faith that man can indeed enter into union with God, his primordial aspiration. So friends, here's the point. Here at the beginning of Holy Week, the week of the bridegroom, the Lord Jesus is doused with a liter of nard. John even says that the fragrance 
filled the entire house. I have no doubt of that. I, I have a little vial of nard and I've just put like a drop or two on a cotton ball. Like it, 10, 15, 20 feet away, you can smell it. It is so pungent. And like his entire body is saturated with this, meaning that in every event of Holy Week, in all the events of this week, all week long, Jesus smelled of nard. He was drenched in the scent of the bride's openness. Like as he was arrested in Gethsemane, he smells of the bride. As he's condemned and mocked and scourged and crowned with thorns, he smells of the bride's openness, opening her heart to him. He's crucified and he smells of the bride. As he's buried, he smells of the bride. As he comes forth from the tomb, and remember, what is he wearing when he comes forth from the tomb? Nothing. The burial shroud is left behind. Just like the first Adam, the new Adam comes forth from the virginal tomb, alive and smelling of the fragrance of the bride. The bridegroom, right? The bridegroom who came to give himself to the bride. Jesus, who looks at himself and says, I am the seed that's looking for the fertile soil to penetrate the soil, to produce an abundant harvest. The one, the one who wants to save us through the gift of his body, he enters into these days drenched in nard. And so here's the invitation for us. Will we give forth the fragrance of the bride? I preached yesterday that the only thing needful of us now that Jesus looks and says of us, I need you to be open. Pope Benedict again, he said that that scene where Jesus heals the deaf mute man and groans and says, Ephatha. Pope Benedict says that word summarizes the entirety of Jesus' message to the bride. Be opened. Be open. Be opened. Open your heart. Open to your, open your heart to me. Because the one who has come to give the gift of life is looking for a place for that life, that gift to go. And may it be in us. Amen.